Welcome back. Dude, it's been so long. Had a lot going on, but Dirty Laundry Sports is back. New season, new year, same bullshit sports sports talk. Can't even talk. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. I think I'm going to revamp it. Um, try to get a lot more guest speakers on now, and I'm, I'm, I'm fully committed to trying to do this podcast. I am going to limit it to more, uh, more than like... It's going to be more like one episode a week um, just because I I have a lot going on right now. So it takes a lot of time for me to come over to the studio, record, um, edit, clip, all that kind of stuff. So for now, um, I'm just going to be doing just the podcast, the audio um, once a week. Um, haven't really decided how long I'm going to be doing the episodes, but baby, who the fuck cares? We're back. Okay. We're back better than ever. Fresh mindset. Got a lot of sports to talk about. NFL draft coming up. Baseball's back. You know, college football. Talk about college football fans in the stadium. Like, there's a lot going on in sports right now. LaMarcus Aldridge retired today. Um, congrats on a stellar career. Um, sorry for the Nets, but the Nets really don't need him anyways. So, but yeah. Overall, it's time to get back into some juicy shit. Get a little drama. A little sports drama. Get a little, get a little sports talk. A little sports rumors. Um, talking shit on certain teams, you know, the usual, the usual. So welcome back to Dirty Laundry Sports. I'm Tanner Santucci. I'm the host, the co-host, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Welcome back. I'm here. I'm in this. Let's get after it. So a lot of things have happened since you could say that our last episode, right? Like a ton. Um, we had no fans in college football. Um, football season was already weird. Um, with all the COVID protocols, COVID was at a peak. Um, no one knew what the hell was going on. Um, all the all the commissioners and the universities and whatever league that we're talking about here, everything was weird. Baseball season was weird. Sports are weird without fans, right? Even t-ball games had more fans than your your MLB baseball game. Like it was weird. Right, as a casual fan that watches TV, um, that loves sports like I do, and if you're probably listening to this podcast, it's because you love sports too. Um, it's weird not hearing some kind of boo or some kind of cheer because someone made a great play. Like, sure, we want to be able to hear. Okay, for instance, golf. When golf had no fans, and honestly, you could hear the golfers kind of talk with their caddy a little bit more on camera. Because um, really, that was all that was on the course following their tournaments were the cameramen and maybe the rules officials and, you know, the, the president of the country club that they were at, right? But it was kind of cool to see the golfers. You can kind of hear them talk with their caddies or talk to each other when they're walking through the course. Maybe, you know, talking to themselves out loud. And you can hear that. Like, in golf, that's fine, right? Like, sure, we love the Tiger Wars, but golf isn't as exciting Golf isn't that exciting or peak exhilarating unless Tiger is playing. And I think most people agree. I was a competitive golfer. Um, I, I can watch golf whether there's no crowd, a full crowd. I can watch golf if it's the 1,000th player in the world or the number one player in the world, right? Like, that's because I played competitive. Like, I understand golf. My golf IQ is obviously above, you know, someone that just plays every other Sunday with their dad, right? Like, but my point being is it's still kind of weird. So, like, whenever we watch a football game, like like college football, 
it's weird whenever like the the broadcast, like CBS or whoever's broadcasting the football game, doesn't even have like fake crowd noise because all you hear is the whistle blown and the pads hitting, right? Like again, that's okay for maybe like a few snaps, but you it's so hard to get exciting excited for a sports game when there's really no adrenaline, no energy. Like crowds bring energy. Any any athlete at any level, at any level, will tell you. That with a crowd, with people watching, with your name on the back of a jersey, your adrenaline, your energy for a game gets so much higher. You get so much more excited to play. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're playing at a high level like a D1, any call, any university, any college, I'm not even going to say D1 because that's excluding other athletes. Even, let's just say, varsity athletes in high school. From varsity high, high school and up, any athlete gets so much more excited, so much more amped, so much more ready to play when they know that someone that they don't even know can look at the back of their jersey, recognize their name, and cheer for them just because of the team on the front of their jersey, right? Like, that's so exciting. So I'm just happy. The point I'm making is now that we're back, it's New Year, 2021. Um, fans are starting to get back in the stadium. Um, the Rangers had, like, the first full-capacity stadium. I loved it, okay? I loved it. And I'm not going to get political here with the whole COVID thing or this or that, but... It's fucking time we get over this COVID thing, right? Like, sure, it kills people. Flu kills people. Cancer kills people, right? Like, I'm not going to get political about it or anything like that. But it's time we move on. If you want to wear your mask, I think that should still be a thing. Wear your mask if that's what makes you comfortable. If, you have va- if you're vaccinated, great. Like, that's great. Go to the game. Enjoy yourself. Go have a fucking beer and a hot dog at a baseball game. Go watch some baseball. It's nice outside. It's springtime. But this whole six feet apart... Um, we're only allowing three fans in the stadium. Um, like, it's time to get over that. The economy needs these things. People need this. Because now life is getting back to normal. Things feel right in the world. Things feel right. Look at on my fucking TV screen and I see a baseball game with full capacity, fans cheering, someone makes a bad play, they're getting booed, or someone strikes out. You hear a fan in the background, you fucking suck, Stanton. Right? Like, we miss that. It's great. It's good for the game. It's good for mental health, honestly. Holy shit. I, got, I, I almost shed a tear opening day. Just to even see 10,000 fans in a stadium. I shed a tear. Holy shit. I got, I got goosies from watching baseball because of fans. Not because of actual baseball, but because of the fans. The fans makes the game romantic. The fans make any sport romantic. Any sport. You love to see passionate fans that root for their team. And as, as a Yankees fan, a lifelong Yankees fan, now most people are like, oh, shit, the Yankees. <laughs> they haven't even been to a World Series basically since 2009. We've honestly sucked dick the past decade. Just big dick. We've sucked. Can't win a postseason series, really. Barely make it to the ALCS. Like, I'm not going to dive too deep into the Yankees because I know a lot of people don't care to hear about the Yankees, but... You can compare me to an Oklahoma State fan. That's what I'm going to compare the, the, the... I'm talking football. Football. That's what I'm going to compare the Yankees to on this episode real quick. Okay? And don't get me wrong. Even though I'm, you know, OU alum, all this yada yada yada, diehard OU fan, right? I still root for OSU in any sport whenever they don't play OU. So let's, let's just say this. As a Yankees fan, your expectations going into every year, right? Like, oh, we have the coach. You have Gundy, Right? You, we have we have a, a nice quarterback. 
Spencer Sanders. Like your ex, you had Mason Rudolph for like three or four years. Like your expectations at Brandon Whedon. You always have great receivers. You always got a, one of the better defenses in the Big 12. Like your expectations may not to be win a national championship because coming out of OSU, like that's not, I don't, I'm, I'm speaking as an OU fan on the outside as an OSU fan, but like my expectation for like OSU every year is like, okay, they can probably make a run for the Big 12 championship every single year. Doesn't matter who's on their team, who's starting, how many returners, like all, nothing like that. I always think as an OU fan, like OSU is, they're a scary team in the Big 12 because you never know what OSU team you're going to get, but if you get the good one that day, you could be in deep shit, right? They always have a good defense, like, so as a Yankees fan, my point is, as a Yankees fan, my expectations every year for the Yankees, oh, we're going to make the LCS at least, right? We're going to compete for a potential World Series, because... Now, this isn't the Babe Ruth era. Like, I'm not saying the Yankees are going to be in the World Series every every single year. Like, baseball, there's too many great athletes in the game now, in any sport, to expect, like, repeated championships, unless you're Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Other, other than those two, in any, or LeBron. If you're any of those three, I actually, I'm not even put Pat, Pat Mahomes in here yet. I'm going to say, if you're LeBron or Brady, those are the only two people, no matter what team they play for, I expect to re- probably repeat. Okay, and I think that's fair and I swear if someone argues that with me, then you're an idiot. Sorry. Here we go, though. You expect a certain level of intensity, a certain level of greatness every year from your team. And then by the end of the year, you're like, why the fuck do I get so excited to watch my dog shit team play? Not calling the Yankees dog shit because that's my team. Not calling OSU dog shit because you guys win 10 games every single year. Not saying that at all. But I'm saying compared to what, as a fan, your expectations are for your team... Your team does not meet it every year, and it breaks your heart. And that's how I feel as a Yankees fan. Because I got muscle dickheads up and down this lineup. I got the Stantons that we're paying, you know, a hundred gazillion dollars to when he does nothing. He's played like 40 games over the last two seasons. Get this man off my lineup. And the problem is, they're kind of sucked into it. It's like the Jacoby Ellsbury thing. When we signed Jacoby Ellsbury from the Red Sox, we spent so much money on Jacoby, and Jacoby just... It was kind of the latter half of his career, so he just kept getting hurt and hurt and hurt. And by the end of the by the end of his career, we were paying him twenty something million a year, and he wasn't even playing. Literally, was not even playing. Was not even suiting up in the dugout. Was not even on the twenty six man roster, or forty man roster, whatever the fuck. Well, I think he was on the forty man roster because we had to pay him. That's how he gets paid. But twenty six man roster. This man was not even in the fucking dugouts when we were paying him twenty million. Yankees, Yankees overspent. I told myself I wouldn't talk about the Yankees, but here we are. Make it short and brief. Yankees overspend money on players that are either one, they've had a one and done season. Two, they're already aging, so we decided to drop the bank when they're 32 years old. Credit Stanton wasn't that old when we dropped it on him, but he's had a he's had history of being injured. As as um as a sports fan again, as a avid fantasy manager for for almost every sport. You know, seven hundred teams that I have to uh, that I have to fucking watch every night, morning and night, while I'm in bed, before I go to sleep, when I wake up, shit like that. You know, I get a full GM job. You know, like call me Andrew Barry, full GM job, baby. But anyways, as a fantasy manager, right? We like durability. We like players that we know. And again, this is coming from fantasy, but I, I'm I'm trying to compare this to real life in some aspect, which I don't even know if that's comparable. But I'm gonna fucking do it. So. As fantasy managers, we like durability. We like people we know are going to play every week, whether whatever sport that is. You like players that you know, like you're going to get a consistent outcome year in, year out, game in, game out, day in, day out. That kind of shit. 
I like like fantasy baseball. That's that's what my obviously baseball is my thing, but like fantasy baseball is my thing. Like I take great pride in my ability to be a manager in fantasy baseball or just a baseball fan in general. But I have like a very strict formula. Now I won't say it over the podcast because I don't want players in my other leagues to, you know, get some ideas. But I will say one thing. I focus a lot on durability. Like I avoid drafting Stantons in fantasy baseball. This year I took a swing. I traded for Aaron Judge in one of my leagues. I took a swing. Never had him before. You know, I'm really hoping that he kind of figured some shit out. He got new teeth. Usually if you get new teeth, you figured some shit out. Got some nice veneers. Like, he might have figured some shit out. He's already missed a few games, but fuck it, you know? That's to be precaution. I'm fine with that early season. I need Judge healthy late. Solid. I'm done ranting about the Yankees. I know no one gives a fuck but me and Jack. Love you, Jack. But here we are. I'm going to move on. The more important things. The more important things. The NFL draft... Let's talk. There's a lot of talk about the quarterbacks in this draft, right? Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, Trey Lance out of South Dakota, Justin Fields, Ohio State, Zach Wilson, BYU, Mac Jones, Alabama. There's a few others, but no one really gives a shit about the others, right? There's the big five is what I'm going to call them. In my head, they're not even the big five. There's really the big two, um, which is Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but we want to get cute, you can kind of throw in Zach Wilson. But here's the deal. This whole, like, okay, the, the, the Jets are supposedly taking Zach Wilson. That's a lock right now at number two. Number three is a toss-up with the 49ers. No one knows if they're going to take Mac Jones. No one knows if they're going to take Justin Fields. No one knows. I, this is what blows my mind, though. I don't know how any team, any general manager, any organization has I don't even know how you have Mac Jones and Justin Fields in the same category, let alone Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. And the reason I'm fine with Trevor Lawrence at one, fuck it, right? Like, there's, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say generational talent, Hall of Famer to be, yada yada yada. Like, no. But one guy I listen to a lot, Colin Cowherd, does make a good point when it's just Trevor Lawrence feels just like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was the number one, you know. Uh, very highly touted high school prospect, you know, like kind of like, oh, this kid's going to be great wherever he goes in college, was great at Stanford, um, kind of like the lock. Like, he's the boring, he's boring. Andrew Luck was boring. Trevor Lawrence is boring, and that's not a bad thing. That's because they're good. They're very, very good, right? That's not a bad thing. And so I'm fine with Trevor Lawrence going one. Would I take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence? Yes. But I'm fine with, that's me personally, and I know I'm like one of like, one of the very few that would do that. But, yeah. So, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. The thing with Zach Wilson I have an issue with, not that I don't think he's a good talent or a great talent or his upside's incredible. Like, I don't have an issue with any of that. I don't. And honestly, I'd rather him go to the Jets than Justin Fields because I'm more of a Justin Fields fan. And I think he's going to be a bigger, he's going to be more impactful in the league than I'm not going to say impactful because that might be the wrong verb to use or word, wrong adjective, not, not, not verb, adjective to use because depending on where he goes, but he will be more... I think Justin Fields has the most upside of this entire class, this draft class, more than Trevor Lawrence, more than Zach Wilson. And I think there could potentially be three really good starting quarterbacks out of this draft. Three. Because it's very rare you even get two. It really is. 
Out of any draft class, it's very rare you get two starting. I think there could be three. I think Zach Wilson's a great... I think he's a... I can't say great. I, I really don't want to put, use the word great on him. I think he's a very good quarterback. But here's my hesit Like, here's why I hesitant... I'm hesitant to say that about Zach Wilson. Is we've seen teams skip over Patrick Mahomes in the past, right? Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson were in the same draft class. The same draft class that some the Bears took Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky at number two. Why? Oh, Trubisky, um, he's got the prototypical size. You know, he's six this, six that, 200 this, 200 that. Can bomb the ball 70 yards, standing still in a fucking heated practice facility. Like, wow, sheesh. What did he do in college? Did he win in college? Because I don't remember him winning. Did he win a Heisman? Did he break any records? Did he do anything that blew you away? No, he didn't. Go watch film. He didn't. Why are we even discussing? Honestly, why Why is Deshaun Watson... Well, I, didn't, I was so confused in that draft class why Deshaun Watson wasn't the number one, like the first quarterback taken. I'm not saying number one overall pick, but the first quarterback taken. And I've always been a believer in winners, okay? You're probably like, oh, fuck, that cheesy shit. Oh, winners. Yeah, that's a good one, Tanner. But seriously, think about it. Who won in college? Deshaun. How did he turn out in the league? Very good. Very good. The one that's like a fucking enigma... An anomaly is Mahomes. But no one predicted Mahomes. Nobody. You saw a first-round talent. Sure, raw as shit. Great athlete. Was Trubisky a great athlete? No. Mahomes is a two-sport athlete. Played D- Division One baseball. Through like 97. Like a raw athlete. And again, no one predicted what Mahomes got put into... What I think Mahomes would be, what he is today and how he's viewed today, if he went to any other team, I don't think so. Do I think he'd still be considered very good, a Pro Bowl quarterback? Absolutely. Someone with that much talent, someone with that much talent that Mahomes has is going to be great wherever he goes. But without Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense and the playmakers that the Chiefs have, Mahomes would not be where he's at today. And I know all you Chiefs fans are probably foaming at the mouth pissed at me when I said that. But you have to agree, if you put Mahomes on a Jets team, do you think we're going to be talking about Mahomes right now? Oh, the next GOAT. Could he surpass Brady if he already wins another Super Bowl? Yada, yada, yada. No, stop it. Stop it. Who's going to throw to Jamison Crowder? We got Adam the Weed Man Gase calling plays. Now he's not there anymore, but still. During when Mahomes' era would have been. Hmm? No, stop it. So my point back to Deshaun and winning and Justin Fields and all this stuff, right? We looked at Trubisky. I think of the NFL draft, I think a lot of people think of the draft like this. Now, this is a hot take as fuck, but get ready. I think people, people want to be able to say, ah, I found the next great this when no one else did. When no one else did. Trubisky, for example. Oh, sure. Mel Kuyper had him as number one quarterback on his draft class that year for the big board or whatever the fuck he does for his mock draft. Why? What did he do in college? Like, sure, you can watch the film. He's playing in the ACC, which is a trash division other than maybe, well, other than Clemson for sure, but maybe like you get a, a random Miami team that slips in is a top 25 team or maybe, you know, Florida State hasn't been great for 
a couple years now, basically since Jameis almost, but still, you, there's like one or two, well, one for sure, but maybe two or three other good teams in the ACC that's like, Virginia Tech always has a decent defense. Syracuse is a weird fucking team in that league because they're like, out of nowhere, they'll upset you. Boston College is like under a 500 team, but like they play, there's one Saturday every year where Boston College shows up and they look like a top 10 team. Like it's the weirdest thing. ACC is the weirdest league to me when it comes to that stuff. Like Pac-12, trash. Every week, you know what you're getting from every team. Trash. Load up the waste management truck and come pick it up. Just take it to the garbage. I don't want to ever see it again. Pac-12 can, they suck. They're trash. Anyways, back to the draft. I'm getting distracted. Look, it's just, that's, that's how my brain works, you know, just start going off in multiple directions, like an ocean current or something, you know, I don't know what the fuck I just said. Here we go. Back to Deshaun. This is my point. Mahomes. We skipped Trubisky. Let me, let me, while I'm talking, let me look up that draft class because I'm pretty sure it went Trubisky, Mahomes. And then Deshaun. I, I I don't know what order, anything like that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Yeah, 2017 NFL Draft. Here we go. I'm not trying to bore you guys. Please stay with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. So we got, okay, that was the year with Miles Garrett, Christian McCaffrey. Like, this is just a loaded draft class. Holy Darwin James, Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, this draft class is loaded. Okay, here we go. Why can't I find it? Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah, so we had Mitch Trubisky at number two. Why? 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 You know? Why? Patrick Mahomes went 10 to KC. Beautiful. 12 was Deshaun. Was there any other first-round quarterbacks? I don't think there was. No. So it wasn't... Oh, there was. Deshaun Kaiser. Oh, that's number round two. Okay, anyways. Three quarterbacks taken first round. Trubisky's one. Um, I'm still on this and I've been on it for like 700 minutes because I'm getting so fucking distracted right now. Um, I apologize, but yes, the knock right now, the knock on Justin Fields is that he's not a winner. You know, he's hesitant with his, with his decision-making. Well, most people don't know Deshaun Watson was number one, number one in his career at Ohio state and pass like pass efficiency, like as in his air, his Balls that he threw were not short passes. Like, Dwayne Haskins was blessed, bro. Dwayne Haskins was, like, 41st in college football rated when he was at Ohio State on, like, pass efficiency, like, airmail efficiency, basically, like, how far he threw the ball play per play. Like, he was 41st, 40th and 41st. He would literally just throw, like, a six-yard route to Terry McLaurin and Terry the speedster demon, whatever, would just take off and run with it, touchdown. And Ohio State receivers are just better than every DB in the Big Ten, right? Like, but Justin Fields is number one, has been his entire career at Ohio State, his, his two years. Number one of every Power Five school. Of every Power Five school. The reason he holds the ball so long is because he's throwing it deep. He's still, that's, the more, when they say he's holding the ball too long, they're not basing that on that's literally statistically, but that's because he's doing a five-step drop and not a three-step drop, or he's doing a deep zone read and he's got to let the play develop. He's got to let receivers get down the field on man-to-man coverage, like find a window, or if it's a zone, if it's a zone read, you know, the defense is running cover three, he calls an audible or whatever, he reads the defense. He's like, okay, yada, yada, yada. They're running and then change it up from a deep post on like a cover two or cover, like, you know what I mean? 
he's holding the ball because he's throwing deep balls. Like, listen to Joe Klatt talk about it. Joe Klatt talks about it beautifully on Colin Cowherd's podcast. Beautifully. Like, let's not overthink it. I know people want to be cute. They want to be like, I found the greatest thing that no one else is looking for. And I think that's what's happening with Mac Jones. I think that's what's happening with the Jets and Zach Wilson. Right? Zach Wilson had a great pro day. Sure, he made a couple awesome-looking Pat Mahomes throws. Again, there's only one Pat Mahomes. I don't, even want, I don't even want Pat Mahomes and Zach Wilson in the same sentence. Because here's the deal. Pat Mahomes went to the Chiefs, which is already a playoff team with potentially already a Hall of Fame coach, with already a Hall of Fame tight end, the fastest receiver, the, the biggest, the best playmaker in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. Like, you already went to a team that had athletes, that had pro bowlers, that had this, one of the best coaches in the league. Mahomes got blessed. Absolutely blessed. And that's why if the 49ers take Justin Fields, we're going to be talking about Justin Fields in a way that we're saying he got absolutely blessed. You're telling me if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers or Justin Fields, you're going to say they're going to be they're You have more confidence in Mac Jones than Justin Fields. Stop it right now. Mac Jones had one great year with look. We've been blessed as college football fans too, because we just watched two of the greatest offenses in college football history. Back to back years that win the national championship. LSU and that, that Alabama team. The Alabama team was incredibly stacked. If you watch the film, Mac Jones didn't have to do anything. Literally didn't have to do anything. He stood behind the best O-line in the country, or one of the best O-lines in the country, whichever year they are, because they're, they're all five-star fucking, then I'm one OTs, OGs, centers, all that shit, every year in the recruiting class. He stood behind the best O-line. He stood behind like three first-round receivers. Or he threw to three first-round receivers, I'm sorry. Threw to a first-round running back. Handed it off to a first-round running back. Alabama's going to have like six players taking the first round this year. All like offensively almost. A few defense, but a lot of offense. I just don't have faith in Mac Jones. The NFL is changing too. The quarterback position is adapting. Things are changing in the league. You need to be a little more mobile. You need to, make, you need to be able to make a little more plays off script. But Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers has shown, has clearly shown... He doesn't like the free-willing quarterback. He doesn't like the, hey, let me do whatever. Let me make the play. Let me be the Aaron Rodgers of the offense. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur were butting heads for a little bit a couple years ago because Aaron Rodgers was just audibling everything that LaFleur called. LaFleur would call a playoff. Aaron Rodgers would be like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. I'm going to call whatever I want to call. That doesn't work all the time. Sure, it may work for Aaron Rodgers every now and then. But has Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl? No. I mean, he has, but I'm talking recently. No. Not with LaFleur. You're paying Rodgers a lot of money, too. Rodgers, a lot of that salary cap for that team is getting taken up by Rodgers' contract. You don't have the luxury of paying all these great athletes. And not many athletes want to say, hey, I want to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin to play football. It's a hard town. It's a hard city to get players to. Sure, the, the football team itself has got a lot of history. Lambeau Field, the Bears Green, the Bears Packers rivalry, one of the best in football. Sure, the history, tradition, the Northwest, the, you know, the Midwest. You got the the fucking breweries there. Like, it's a great small town, very tight knit community feel in Wisconsin. 
But not everyone wants that. Not everyone wants that. And so when you're paying someone like Rodgers, you can't get the luxury of of paying all the top, you know, free agents to come sign, right? You, you got to, it's, it's just weird. It's a weird situation. Now, I know I'm getting a little off script with that, but it's just a weird situation. But my point is, Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers has proven, look, the top two, okay, first 16 games passing yards in a career. The NFL record, Pat Mahomes. In his first 16 games, he threw for the starting, he threw for the most passing yards. No, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be weird to anyone. Guess who's number two? Any of you fuckers will never guess it. No one's going to guess it. But I'll tell you. Ready, set, go. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is number two in the history of NFL football and passing yards in his first 16 games. I bet you 90% of you guys couldn't even tell me, tell me where you went to college. Let alone you probably didn't even know he played for the 49ers. But Shanahan has a history. Why do you think he traded for Garoppolo? Shanahan likes to be in charge. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Kyle Shanahan likes to be in charge of his offense. I think what I I think it's kind of scary to him to get someone like Justin Fields. And the reason I say that is not because of Justin Fields as a talent standpoint or as a quarterback standpoint. It's because I'm he I feel like he's scared that Justin's gonna try to make a lot of plays off script rather than on script. Because Shanahan's one of the brightest minds in football. It's like Sean McVay, McDermott, like brightest, brightest young coaches, younger coaches in football. But he likes to be in control, which is understandable. But the fact we're even having to sit here and argue Mac Jones or Justin Fields, I'm almost like want to throw up talking about it. My stomach hurts thinking about it. It's an easy decision, man. Take Justin Fields. The game's changing. Quarterback's changing. Need to be a little more mobile. Need to be able to throw the ball a little further because players are faster. Offenses are evolving. It's not some, we're not even seeing so much. It used to be like back in Ray Lewis, Ed Reed era in the Ravens. Like they won a Super Bowl, like winning games with like 21 points on the board. Right? Defenses in quotes. Defenses won games. Defenses won championships. Sure. They're damn well going to help you get there without a doubt. But if you're telling me you're gonna if you're gonna win a Super Bowl nowadays, scoring 21 points, if you're that's what you're averaging every game or 17, if you score 21 points every single game in the 17 NFL because there's 17 games now in the season in the NFL, if you scored 21 points, I guarantee you you'd be a 500 team. Sure, if you have a good if you have a good defense, if you have the best defense in the league, you'll be a 500 team. I promise you. Think about the offenses in the NFL nowadays. Think about how teams are drafting. Think. They want their offensive linemen to be running like four fucking eights. Just, they, they just, I didn't even know what a good offensive lineman, like I didn't even know what a fast O-line 40 time. I, it's, I don't even know if four eights a good 40 time for an o- offensive lineman. But speed kills in the NFL right now. That's why they're talking about linebackers running four fucking threes. Speed kills. When you're having to defend players like Tyreek Kill, Lamar Jackson, a Saquon Barkley. You need fucking speed. And it's it's dominating the game right now. Dominating the game. We used to talk about defensive linemen. For instance, we used to talk about defensive linemen. Oh, he's very big, physical, 
just just a fucking uh, an anal plug on, on the defensive line stops everything. Nothing gets through, right? We don't really talk about that anymore. We want uh, the game has evolved so quick, so fast recently that people are wanting speed, length. I, most people are drafting fast, lengthy defensive linemen rather than just big bodies. Sure, like I'm not going to sit here and say like even defensive tackles nowadays are you know small. No, dude. Like no, because every like humans adapt. Bodies are evolving. People are getting bigger, stronger, taller. All the above. Every year. Offensive linemen are like 6'9 now. 6'9, like 700 pounds. You're going up against a goddamn elephant with concrete pillars on his feet. Just you can't push him anywhere. The game has evolved so much. Like like Chase Young, perfect example. If you look at Chase Young like squared up next to an offensive lineman... He doesn't look that big. Like, as in big, I mean, like, you know, bulky as in, like, fat. Like, you know what I mean? He does not look like that. Now, credit, a lot of defensive ends throughout the league, you know, for a while now haven't looked like... I'm not saying defensive ends are fat. Like, that's not the position they play. They're more like, you know, Von Miller's, like, outside linebackers that can play both, you know, move up on the line, move back off the line, regardless. But, like, you look at a Chase Young, and you're like, that dude could play linebacker. Like, how, like that dude could play, like, a diff, way different position than defensive end. You have to be fast. And that's why I'm saying Justin Fields. You don't want a Mac Jones in the pocket. Like, if you're trying to find Brady, no one's ever going to be Tom Brady. Or Peyton Manning. Like, those guys have proven their football IQ is at a whole nother level. There's a reason that quarterbacks flop the way they do. It's the reason that they're so hard to find, so hard to get a good quarterback. Especially one that can't move. Lamar can barely throw a fucking football, but you know why he wins games? Because there's something else other than throwing the football. He can run. Don't you want a quarterback with multiple, multiple ways to beat you? Back to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can beat you with his legs and his arm. Or both at the same time. Lamar, I don't have as much faith in, but Lamar is a sleek, sleeky little slimy motherfucker that can just, you know, slip through a hole and be gone. Blink an eye and Lamar's in the end zone. Nothing like him. Nothing like him in the league. Mahomes beats you with both. Mahomes' legs, they're not the best, but he'll beat you with both. Think about the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Russell Wilson. What does he do? What do we think of Russell Wilson? You think deep, great deep ball thrower, and he can run. And he controls an offense very well. Deep ball thrower can run. What about Josh Allen? What's his, what's his great at, attributes? Especially coming out of the draft. He can run and he can throw a deep ball. Kyler Murray, what's he great at? What was he known for out of the draft? He can run, he can throw a great deep ball. Lamar, I think, is, in my opinion, Lamar's boosted because of who he plays for. He got the special treatment like Mahomes did. You get an already hall, a potential Hall of Fame coach. I'm not going to say Harbaugh's a Hall of Fame coach yet, but potentially. Great coach, great organization, already a great team around him. I could say he could use a little more weapons on the offense, but regardless, great team around him. Got one of the best tackles in the game in Orlando Brown. Like, 
Lamar kind of had it made. Right? Think about the best quarterbacks in the league. It's incredible. People skip over that. So why would you draft Mac Jones over Justin Fields? Doesn't make sense to me. Does not make sense. Zach Wilson, I kind of get, I guess. But still, like, what? Over Justin Fields? Over someone that's proven that they can win football games? Remember, circle of life, baby. Winners. That's what I look for. That's what most teams should look for. But they try to be cute with their draft picks. It's what it comes down to. Try to be cute. Was Baker a winner in college? And here goes everyone rolling their eyes. Oh, God. Baker, uh, Tanner, Baker Mayfield. No, was he a winner in college? Absolutely. Credit was OU better than every Big 12 team every year he played? Sure. You can make that argument. Is Ohio State better than every Big, 12, Big 10 team? Was Bama better than every SEC team? When Joe Burry played for LSU, was he on the best team? Trevor Lawrence, best ACC, ACC school? Sure. You know why they're the best? It's because they have quarterbacks like these guys. You know why? Because they all have something in common. I'm taking Mac Jones and Zach Wilson out of this, though. Well, I never really mentioned... Whatever. Justin Fields, Baker, Trevor. I'm not putting Baker in their category. I'm not putting those two in Baker's category. I'm not comparing them. Nothing like that. Deshaun. I'll throw Deshaun in this. They win football games. They have a competitive... You see them, and they come off as a leader. They compete... They want to fucking win. When they're not doing good, you don't see them pouting. You don't see them doing this. You see them getting on their teammates' ass. You see them on the field. As soon as they throw an interception, it's like, okay, fuck it. I'll get them next time. Pulls out the iPad, looks what they did wrong, looks at the read that the defense had, and said, I won't make that mistake again. Boom, go out there, and what do they do? They drive the field 80 yards, score a touchdown. They win football games. They got all the accolades with it. And now, I, I am a believer, though, that all big school quarterbacks don't turn out in the NFL. Why? Because they are spoiled in college. I'm a believer in that. You have the best players, the best receivers, the best coaching staff, best this, that, offensive line, yada, yada, yada. Right? So they didn't have to go through adversity. They didn't have to compete at, you know, they didn't have to push themselves to what they're going to have to push in the NFL. Best team in college, and usually they go to the worst team in the NFL. But look what Baker's already done with the Browns, for instance. Browns were what, 1 in 31 when Baker showed up? Already got him to not only the playoffs, won a playoff game. And people are saying he's not a franchise quarterback, he's a bust. I don't know what you compare a bust to, but I know if you were to say, if Patrick Mahomes, say the Browns drafted at number 12, I, I'm not even going to throw Mahomes in that. Say Trubisky. Say Trubisky went to the Browns at the number 12 pick. You know what? Here, here's, here's my thought. Now that I'm actually thinking about this shit, here's my thought. The only reason I think Baker is considered a bust of some people, maybe not a bust now, but still not what people think, is because he was taking number one overall. If Baker was taking like 15... There'd be fucking the, the the holy gates would open up and a light from above would be shining down on Baker. And I'm not saying people would be praising him, but he wouldn't be getting the hate that he gets. And he gets the hate because he's he's arrogant. He's got like a cockiness to him. But he has to. That's like he isn't the greatest athlete. Like he 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 doesn't have the best arm or the best legs. Like he has to have an arrogance about him. You have to be cocky 
in ways, not cocky, but like you have to be confident in ways that not only make you mentally and physically perform at a higher level, but make your team perform. If you're a confident quarterback, now take this for any sport. If you're a confident player at your position, a position of leadership, Russell Westbrook with the Thunder, right? LeBron with the, the Cavs or whatever team he's on, Lakers. Now credit, they're great athletes. But you know what also makes them so great? And what, why every team they play for somehow does okay? Maybe not Russ, more like LeBron and Brady and you know the, greater, the great players in the league. It's their confidence. It's their leadership ability. KD, I'm not even putting in this category. KD is not a leader to me. And I'm not saying this because of oh, he left OKC, yada, like that's, that's way gone. I moved on from that. KD isn't a leader, though. He's not. LeBron's a leader. James Harden, I, like, to me, the Nets don't even have a real true leader. If anyone, I would say it's Harden, but still. I'm not saying leaders have to be vocal. I'm not saying they have to do this. Kyler Murray is quiet. Josh Allen, what do you hear about Josh Allen? Nothing. But I guarantee you, he's respected in his locker room, respected by the organization, by that fan base. Sure, he may, maybe because he's won games. But you have to be confident. You have to be a leader to win over a team, especially as a rookie or a young quarterback. And then not only do you have to perform, you have to like consistent, consistently be there. Be a fucking leader. And I think Baker's done that. I think Josh Allen's done that. Mahomes obviously has done that. Once you win over a locker room, it's hard to lose it. It's hard to lose it, in my opinion. You've got to really be a dumbass to lose it. And I think Deshaun Watson's obviously, I think his career in the NFL, sadly, is done. Great talent. And, I mean, when 30 girls come out and say, hey, you stuck something up my ass, I don't think 30 girls are lying. Especially when they have multiple attorneys involved. Multiple lawyers involved. If it was all one lawyer, kind of sus. Kind of fucking sus. But when you have three, four, five different attorneys involved, however many is involved, with 30 different women, kind of fucking weird. So I hope it works out for Deshaun. I hope to see him in the NFL again. I don't think I will. I don't think anyone will. I don't think any organization is going to trust him at this point. I know for sure I wouldn't. But blessings to uh, Deshaun and his... Uh, <laughs> his uh, chance to um, make it out, I guess. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Whatever, though. But oh, moving on, I have to say something. Holy shit! I have to say something. I'm about to wrap it up. I'm going to keep it a little bit shorter. I'm not really shorter, but 42 minutes is a long fucking time, you know. But here we are. I will say this. What the. Fuck, how nice is it to have fans? College football, OU, I know OU, uh, said they plan on having full capacity. God, dude. Imagine college football again with fans. A whole stadium full. Shit-talking motherfuckers that have drinking way too much before a game. Think they know shit. Think they know more than you, more than I, more than anyone. Fuck it, dude. Fuck it, man. Fans! Let's get at it. Fuck COVID, man. It's time to move on. Get your vaccination, wear your mask, do whatever the fuck you need to do to make yourself feel happy. 
and let's go. Let's let's mount this bitch up, saddle the fuck up, and we're here for a good fucking time and a long fucking time. Okay? Ride this fucking wave right off right to, to the fucking sunset, baby. Sports are back, fans are back, baseball's back. I have a hard on just thinking about it. But those are my that's my, I mean, that's the fucking, you know, that's the deal. That's my fucking first episode in a long time. A long time. Feels good to be back, though. I know I butchered a lot of that. Um, probably repeated myself way more than I should have. Um, but I, you have to remember, guys, I'm going off the dome. I have nothing written down here. This is just first initial thoughts. Um, hot topics that come to mind in the sports world. Yeah, just, just, just straight off the fucking dome. So... Let me know what you guys think. Hey, I want to keep doing this, but I, 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 I want to see support. I want to see love. If you guys enjoy it, like it, follow it, subscribe to my, you know, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to Spotify, um, subscribe to my anchor, support my anchor, go to, go to anchor.com or anchor.fm, um, type in Dirty Laundry Sports, and there's a little support tab. Click that bitch, and I'll tell you everything, whatever. Just, just I want to keep this going. But I need help. I'm so busy right now. I've got a lot going on with, you know, I'm trying to start another company. Like, I've, I've got a lot going on on the plate. So I just, I need help almost. Not money-wise. I'm not saying that at all. I don't need any dollar. You don't have to spend a dime on me. Okay. But I just need help growing, supporting the podcast. Just share it. That's all I want. Go subscribe. All you, I just want you guys to subscribe. And again, zero dollars, zero cents to subscribe. Just go click the subscribe button. So that way you get notified every time a new episode comes out, which again, I'm going to try to do it once a week. I haven't decided the days, but I'm going to do once a week. Just go subscribe. And then maybe every now and then post something on social media or retweet something from Dirty Laundry. Because um, I just have a lot going on right now. And so it just I really want to grow this thing a little bit. Um, and if you guys enjoy it, tell me what you enjoy about it, why you enjoy it, um, what I can do differently. Um, just, just, just little things that help dirty laundry sports out, you know, but I love you guys. I want to thank you guys. Everything that you've done already. I know I took a break, but I'm back bitches. I'm fucking back like Conor McGregor, but yeah, any love is so much appreciated. And early on last year, we had plenty of love, but I want more love this year. I'm going to try to have, like I said, more guest speakers, um, a lot more action, and just overall fucking positive, great, energetic, sexy, horny vibes in this bitch, you know? Let's do this thing. Dirty Laundry Sports, we out!